Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, wisdom seeker, and aspiring public speaker. And I'm Carrick Morinaga, Anusara certified yoga teacher, podcast addict, coffee addict, and fitness addict. Every week we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga principle, philosophy, teaching, or theme. Today's topic is Maya, the Sanskrit word for illusion. I think that the most common definition for Maya is illusion, and we'll hear that a lot. And then we can reinterpret Maya in maybe one or two different ways as we look at that word from different philosophical points of view. So before we dive right into Maya and how that illusion and why that illusion is so important. I think it will be good to back up and look at three main philosophical views when it comes to yoga philosophy. The first is classical yoga philosophy. In classical yoga philosophy, everything, and when I say everything, I mean everything, the entire universe and everything in it comes from two categories, two separate categories. And we call them Purusha and Prakriti. To keep it really simple for this discussion, Purusha and Prakriti are the unmanifest and the manifest. I like to think of them as spirit and matter. Everything in the universe in a very classical yoga philosophy sense is put into two broad categories. And the two broad categories are spirit and not spirit the material world and the not material world. The second viewpoint that we'll look at major philosophical view is called Advaita Vedanta philosophy. And Advaita means not to Vedanta refers to a period of time or studies. So the Vedas are a very old yoga philosophical stream. So Advaita Vedanta means non-dual Veda philosophy. And in the non-dual philosophy, we no longer have those two broad categories of spirit and matter. Now everything is just one thing. And that one thing is spirit. If everything is this one thing, then the question becomes, how do we experience difference? If, If everything is one, how can you be Phoebe and I be Carrick. If everything is one, why are we not one thing? And the way that Advaita Vedanta accounts for difference is everything is one, but then separation is an illusion, which is Maya. So in that philosophical view, Maya is illusion. Then we have a third point of view, which is Tantric philosophy, and tantric philosophy is also non-dual. Everything is one. Everything is spirit. But we experience difference because of maya, and maya now is no longer illusion because in tantric philosophy, everything is real, the real world, the physical world, as well as the unmanifest, the spirit world. Both are real but we experience differentiation because of Maya. Maya now is no longer an illusion, 
Maya is the power of differentiation. So Maya is the power of the one divine energy to contract and divide and subdivide and create diversity and differentiation. So Maya creates you and me, separates you and me. We're still one thing. We're still both spirit, but Maya has now chosen to become each of us as individuals, has chosen to differentiate. So illusion in the Advaita Vedanta point of view and then power of differentiation in the tantric point of view. Oh, did I say unmanifest and unmanifest? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in classical philosophy. There's a lot here. There's a lot to work with. So the tantric interpretation of Maya is, is differentiation. And we can, we can look at that as the differentiation of, of all of the, I wish there was a better word than things, but all of the aspects of our experience. So Maya is what differentiates you from me, me from the floor I'm sitting on, the floor from the planet. Maya is what separates us. And when I think of Maya, and this is my own interpretation, I imagine a web. It's like a a web that doesn't exist, but it's like the silhouette of a web overlaid over the infinite. And so the web is what differentiates all of these different segments of the infinite and what divides us into all of these different aspects. And ultimately though, the web isn't actually there. It's almost like a, a projection, like using an overhead, like an overhead projector over the infinite. That's our experience. In some ways, to me, that sounds, the way I'm hearing you say it, it sounds more like the illusion. So Maya can also be translated as a veil, which sounds like that web that you're talking about, kind of overlaying all of reality. Maya can also be a a screen upon which the play of life is cast upon. So in the Advaita Vedanta point of view, which was the middle point of view that I talked about, we have the unmanifest, everything is spirit. But then to, in, to experience ourselves as individuals, to experience life here on earth, something has to create the material world. And the material world is just an illusion. It's just it's a movie cast upon a screen. It's the web sort of overlaying everything. But this world, this life is, is not real. The reality is that we are beings of light and spirit of supreme consciousness and divine energy. All of the thoughts and experiences and physical manifestations here in this plane of existence on earth, 
that's all an illusion. It's just, we're just watching a movie of ourselves and the movie's not really real. The reality is that there's another reality beyond the movie. Right. So then the question for me, I mean, the, the philosophical question that I thought about for a while was why, like, why, why differentiate? Why turn into something besides infinity and divine light? And in, in doing so in, in this infinite force, dividing and differentiating it gets to experience itself in new ways and so maya is this vehicle for universal energy to to manifest and experience itself in new ways and without the the contrast of the dense material experience of the human existence or any other material existences, then the divine infinite universal energy gets bored for lack of a better word. I mean, I don't, (laughs) that's a very uh, humanistic projection onto universal energy, but Maya is what enables the universe to, experience itself in new ways right and we can talk about maya in both of the contexts so in the advaita vedanta point of view then maya is experiencing herself through the illusion and the illusion is again i'm going to go back to the movie cast upon the screen or the other way that will sometimes characterize Maya as Maya is a reflection. So a reflection in the mirror. When you look at your reflection in the mirror, you see yourself and you think, oh, that's me in the mirror. But it's not really you. It's just a reflection of you. Consciousness experiences herself through the mirror, through the Maya. The challenge with saying that everything is one in the Advaita Vedanta, again, Advaita means not two. So in this non-dual philosophy of oneness, everything is one. But then Supreme Consciousness experiences herself through Maya, through delusion. The question became, well, if everything is one, but then there's this illusion, then what is the illusion? Now you have two things. You have everything is one, everything is spirit. Oh, and you have this Maya thing, this illusion thing. And it's kind of the separate thing. So that became sort of problematic with the, with the philosophy. It was sort of like everything is one and Maya, which is, it's like one plus something. Tantra came around and that philosophy refined Maya and made it the power of differentiation. So everything is one. Everything is one spirit, one consciousness. And that one spirit, that one consciousness has the power to differentiate, has the power to, again, separate and divide and subdivide and create contrast, as you were saying. And I I like that you use that term. 
when I teach teacher trainings, one of the things that I do as a visual representation of the one consciousness becoming many is I'll take a blank sheet of paper. And when you look at the blank sheet of paper, it's just one sheet of paper. It's very clean. There's no contrast. It's just white. And then when you take that sheet of paper and you crumple it up and then unfold it again, you start to see characteristics in the paper. You see wrinkles and creases and you see light and shadows on that piece of paper and there's differentiation. You no longer have just this one white clean sheet of nothingness. You now have this wrinkled sheet of paper with contours and contrast and light and dark and separation. Maya is the power that crumples up the paper and then unfolds the paper so that you can look at it again. Where does that power come from? It is one of the powers of the divine itself. So Maya is the power of divine consciousness to create separation, to create diversity. I think we've said separation a bunch of times, but I I really do like Maya is the power of diversity, which is such an amazing thing to have in, in our own lives and for all of existence. You know what's coming to me just to bring this back down to earth since this is such a huge idea is that in the from the tantric perspective maya is is the ability for us to go to a costume party right so we can go to a costume party i can dress up like a cowgirl and go experience myself as a cowgirl at a party and I'm still me. And the next night, if I want to, I can dress up as Tinkerbell and experience life as Tinkerbell. And I'm still me. So the, and I really like that paper example. I don't know if I've, if we've talked about that before, but Maya is the, the ability to crumple and uncrumple. What's coming to me from a much simpler perspective, it's the ability to put on a costume and take it off and still have the same essence. I'm going to flip that around one more time on you, though, Phoebe. So I would say that the ability to put on the costume is more like Maya the illusion because you're not really Tinkerbell. It's an illusion that you are that character or whoever you are for Halloween and, and you're still you. So the you is you, Phoebe, to me, represents supreme consciousness. And then the costume represents something else, the illusion. But I can take your earthly example for Maya into we are, we are who we are. You are Phoebe. And every day you go out and when you're teaching at the psychiatric facility, you are a yoga teacher. When you are at a coffee shop, you're a coffee drinker. One of the things that we play with on this podcast is at the beginning of every podcast, we identify ourselves as yoga teachers, podcast listeners, coffee drinkers, whiskey drinkers. We're we're all those things. And all those things are a part of us and they're all real. And I would say that our our Maya is our ability to be different people. 
throughout the day to differentiate. And under some circumstances, we are, you know, I'm, I'm a son to my, when I'm with my mom, I'm a husband when I'm with my wife, I'm a friend when I'm just hanging out at the gym with my friends and it's all me, but I have this amazing ability. We all have this amazing ability to take on different forms and shapes, all very real. And that to me is like, uh, that's a metaphor to me, to me for Maya. I can work with that. (laughs) I'm never going to look at Halloween the same after this conversation. (laughs) You're all dressed up as the illusion. (laughs) Yes. I think, I think Halloween is very much that, that is a power of Maya as well. And, and you could definitely make the argument that you are still, you and and that's an another aspect of yourself when you're dressed in costume and things like that but i just thought that the the main point i wanted to make is that in Advaita vedanta it's an illusion it's not real maya is this somehow this power of creating illusion a reflection of our true selves and in tantric philosophy maya is this power to maintain reality, to see reality, yet at the same time, create differentiation and contrast. Which now that I'm thinking about it, I might argue, you know, you're dressing up as a flamingo or something to, you know, experience the, well, actually, no one's probably doing that. But (laughs) to continue this conversation, you're dressing up in a costume to experience it and then take off the costume and experience the kind of, uh, pulsation. (laughs) I'm now we're bringing in another idea, which is Sponda, which we've talked about before, which is pulsation between energies. And there is, there is information in the pulsation between one experience and another. The other example of Maya as illusion a really easy one for both of us is I'm going to bring it back to the matrix again. So as we do, as we do in the movie, the matrix, there's the quote unquote real world. And then there's the matrix and the matrix was this digitally created machine generated world that was not real. That is Maya. That projected world and the the world was projected into the minds of of the people living in the matrix and then to be freed from the matrix was to know that the matrix wasn't real and to wake up to the real world and that is very Edwaita Vedanta so that movie the matrix and there's there's all kinds of theories and writings and YouTube videos on the matrix as illusion. And it really does sort of follow the Advaita Vedanta point of view, not so much the tantric point of view in the tantric point of view, it's all one. So there's not this reality and illusion. So to, to ground this conversation in ways that are applicable to your practice and to your life, a few things come to me. 
One of them is that we are as similar to everything in our reality as we are different to all of it. And it's one of, I think, the most divine paradoxes of our experience. And so in moments of feeling like you can't relate to something, it's helpful for me at least to remember that whatever the thing is, be it a cat or a galaxy, I'm made of the same fabric of that thing. And simultaneously, M, depending on which school of thought you look at, M just as different from it and either in an illusory sense or an actual different sense, I'm this experience of contrast from it. And in knowing that both of those truths exist simultaneously, I, to me, it's a very beautiful way of relating to everything in my experience and simultaneously realizing that I am the only version of consciousness that there is. So I may as well really experience it and stop and, and not wish that I'm a starfish or a celebrity or anything else. The other thing that I'll say to to kind of ground it in practicality is that Maya isn't really good or bad. I mean, good or bad is a judgment. And, and so it helps us remember that when you're having a dispute with a person or you're, you disagree with them, that same logic applies. The person that you are disagreeing with has a lot of similarities to you and some differences. And if we can kind of embrace, again, those two truths existing simultaneously, it just, it takes some of the sting out of of disagreements, at least for me. What about you? How does, how does Maya kind of play into your practice or into life? I don't necessarily think that one way of looking at Maya is better than another way. So we can look at Maya as the power of illusion, or we can look at Maya as the power of differentiation. And if Maya is illusion, then that can help me in times of fear or frustration. So if I'm on my yoga mat and I'm in a pose that's very challenging and difficult, it might be helpful for me to remind myself that the fear, sometimes it feels like I'm going to die in the yoga pose but I know I'm not really going to die. The fear of dying in a yoga pose is an illusion. And I have to remind myself that, that some of the things that I'm experiencing, I feel them to a certain degree, but that's not really the reality. It's just illusion. And I have to remind myself that, hey, this emotion or this moment, this thought will pass. It's, it's an illusion. The reality is that I am a being of spirit and light. I'm so much more than the illusion of the fear that I had. Yes. And this comes back to, this comes up quite a bit, is this idea of our experience of, as being one of a game of hide and seek or peekaboo. And, and Maya is, is kind of what enables that game. You know, you, you can't play hide and seek if there's nothing to hide behind. It's not, it's not really that fun. If, if everything is just out there, then 
there's nothing to seek. And so in Maya existing, we are given truth and experiences to seek. Just as Supreme Consciousness experiences herself through Maya, so do we experience ourselves through Maya, through our fears and doubts, whether imaginary or real. Again, I think that a lot of times the things that we're afraid of, we're afraid of things that aren't really real. Like one of my fears is speaking in front of like really large groups, not so much in front of a yoga class, but you put me in front of a hundred plus people and I imagine that I'm going to make a fool of myself. And I have to remember that that is not real. That's just an illusion, but it's this one of the ways that I kind of experience the world. And that, that to me is my, in the more tantric sense in experiencing Maya as the power of differentiation, the way that I make that more practical is that it's a reminder for me that all of the experiences that I have are real and they're all just different aspects of myself. So again, I'll go back to just being on the yoga mat. I can have a very real physical experience, uh, feeling, you know, my muscles and bones working together, uh, feeling good in a pose. I can have an experience that's very much in my head. It's a mental challenge to stay focused, to continue to do the pose. I can have a very emotional experience in the, in a yoga pose. And, and if I'm really lucky, I get this moment where I recognize or remember my heart. I remember that inner light and all of those ways of experiencing the yoga practice are real and they're different. And I want that. I want to experience my life on all of those different levels. I want to experience the myriad of different sensations and inputs and difference and diversity. And, you know, we also talked about just being ourselves. We are different people under different circumstances. Um, and that is part of Maya as well. So may we experience life, not just as yoga teachers, you and me, but may we experience life as comic book readers and horoscope readers and all of the different things that we list every week. May we continue to diversify and experience as much as we can in this lifetime. Agreed. And on a very grounded, relatable level, I think that this idea helps us understand why, though we are creatures of habit, we also need to change it up. And so if you are feeling uninspired or, or kind of dull, maybe it's time to add a new adjective to yourself. And the fun part is you don't have to do anything besides decide that you want to. You know, it's why it's so fun for Carrick and I to think of two new ways of describing ourselves each week because it challenges, challenges us to be like, okay, well, what else am I? And I love that so much because it's so easy, you know, sometimes in the sort of 
cocktail party realm of our experience, we want to really box ourselves in and categorize ourselves in a way that makes sense in a, you know, 30 second explanation of yourself. And while that may be convenient for cocktail parties in living up to your true infinite self, you shouldn't be able to explain yourself entirely in 30 seconds. You know, you're, you're a million things. So may we continue to embrace our infinite universal nature. So how do you think about Maya? Um, Phoebe and I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, please feel free to contact us um, through our website. It's www.yogachitchat.com. We're on Instagram at yoga.chit.chat. And Phoebe, do you want to talk a little bit about the Patreon page? Yes. We are now on Patreon. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash yoga chit chat. And if you feel called to support us in having these conversations and you feel like you get something from it, um, we are open to receive your support. Um, you can set up a recurring donation to us each month, which we will receive with lots of love and it supports us in continuing to dive deeply into new topics each week. So again, that's www.patreon.com slash yoga chit chat. And uh, thank you in advance for your support. Thanks everyone. See you next time.